Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. Isaiah 6 verse 8. Welcome to the Driven by Purpose podcast where Jesus is our center. We discuss all things related to self-love, a healthy relationship with Christ, breaking generational ties, traits of a godly woman slash man, and so much more. Join me for this podcast and you will leave convicted and most importantly, forever changed. Hello, 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 party people. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yo, why was I talking to someone the other day? And they were like, yo, Tina, every single episode, you always say that you're so pumped. And they were trying to make fun of me. But listen, nobody's going to make fun of me, okay? But as y'all already know, your girl is pumped for this episode. <laughs> I'm so, so happy. Um, If y'all been noticing, I've been posting almost every month or very close to it. Ooh, ooh. I'm so happy, you guys. Um, But anyways... Let's get straight into the topic. I'm not going to go too deep in doing my oohs and ahs for the fact that I'm back. Um, But yeah, let's get straight into the topic for today. So y'all saw um, the discussion that we will be having today will be about self-sabotaging tendencies as a Christian, okay? Now, this podcast episode is super duper personal for me. I know a lot of them, almost everyone <laughs> is so personal. Um, but specifically this one, I'm not only going to be touching on self-sabotaging tendencies as a Christian, but I will touch briefly on faith. I'll touch on grace. And I will also simultaneously be sharing a testimony of me passing my licensing exam. Oh my goodness, which is such a big testimony. Um, and I will just be sharing like how God basically gave me this gift of passing, um, not through my works, but mainly through grace. Um, So let's get straight into it. So first things first, I want to address the definition of self-sabotaging. Okay, so if we went, if we go straight to Google, which is what I did, self-sabotaging or self-sabotage is defined as when people do or don't do things that block their success or prevent them from accomplishing their goals. It can happen consciously or unconsciously. Self-sabotaging behaviors can affect our personal and professional success, as well as our mental health. Now that's the, that's the um, Google definition, um, but I want to take it a step further and add that self-sabotaging can affect our spiritual health as well. Um, cause y'all already know this is a Christian podcast and a lot of what I'm going to be talking about. Yes, it may touch a little bit on mental health, but specifically I want to, as I stated before, take it a step further and address spiritual health. So how many of us have felt that because maybe we didn't spend hours in a day in the presence of the Lord through prayer and worship that God is upset with us? Or how many of us have believed that because we're not performing enough, that God does not love us? Because we're not taking up multiple leadership positions um, in the church, God doesn't love us or God feels that we're not doing enough. Or maybe because we haven't started a spectacular online ministry on Instagram or TikTok, 
we're not we're automatically not work, walking in our purpose or because we haven't been pressing as hard in this secret place um that god's face has automatically turned away from us um and though many of us may not say it um we really do have a skewed view of the love of god you know though we have heard from thousands of pastors thousands of preachers um apostles um <laughs> prophets whatever it may be though we have heard them declare that god's love for us is unconditional and his mercies are new every single day subconsciously we don't believe it though we proclaim that there is freedom in christ we do not fully believe it or we are not fully convinced of it or we believe that everyone else has access to the grace that god gives except for us we tell everyone that jesus loves you jesus loves you jesus accepts you jesus jesus wants you to accept him into your heart we don't receive that ourselves we don't receive that truth for ourselves and i can say that that in many instances has been me in the past um and let's go deeper i remember sharing this um a few i've shared this a few times with friends especially oh my goodness in high school in high school i used to tell my friends um even in college because um, y'all know i kind of got saved very late in i mean i was already saved from when i was young but more so when i was in high school i rededicated my life to christ very late in high school and then i became more serious as i got into college um but for those of y'all who know who have been in the faith for quite some time you know that the devil he's always he's always on the prowl he's always trying to attack especially i can say our minds as we become more bold in our faith, as we try and attempt to become closer to God, I've noticed even in my life, the place where the enemy has tried to get me the most in the past is through my mind. Um, and a lot of people don't understand that not having peace is also an attack from the enemy. We are not meant to walk th this earth without peace because even in the Bible, Jesus said, peace, I leave with you. So we are supposed to have peace as Christians. However, the devil in many instances, he has tried to rob us of that very thing. But kind of just going back to what I was saying before, I remember on several occasions in the past and even as of recently, I remember telling some of my friends, like, listen, I know God is able. I know God is mighty. I know God can work miracles. It's not that I don't know that. It's not that I don't believe that. But what has always been a genuine curiosity, a genuine question that I've had in the past, um, and even recently, is if God wanted to work those same miracles for me. I don't know if that line hit someone. You can, you have so much faith for everyone else. You believe that God can work miracles and he can exceed every expectation for everybody else. You believe that Jesus loves everybody else, but you haven't truly received that for yourself. You believe that God can heal everybody else. You believe that God can deliver everybody else, but you don't believe that for yourself. You believe that God can bless everybody else. You believe that God can blow everybody else's mind. But unconsciously, and maybe even subconsciously, you don't believe or truly understand that truth to be something that you can actually receive as well. Um, and just going back to even 
my story, I genuinely couldn't believe that God wasn't tired of me. (laughs) And though I kept falling, though I kept making mistakes, though I wasn't um, consistent, I didn't believe that God's grace was also still sufficient for me. Even, let me even be honest with my podcast. Y'all know, I I always make jokes about my inconsistency sometimes. Um, But a lot of times the devil would try and dare me and try and be like, who do you think you are to try and make podcast episodes? Like, you really think you're having an impact on people? Even though people would text me, even though people would leave reviews, even though people would post about it, I would still not be convinced that this was touching the lives of people. I would believe that this is still something so small. I didn't believe that God could make it so big. I didn't believe that maybe one day I could be international and that people could hear my voice and be delivered and be touched. Maybe I wouldn't have to lay hands on people explicitly, but through my voice, people could be delivered. I didn't believe that. I didn't believe that this was so touching and inspirational for people. And better yet, I didn't believe that um, with this podcast, I didn't believe that with me being so inconsistent, that God still could show me grace and that God could still favor me with this podcast. I believed solely that God's love for me was dependent upon my performance. Truly, I, and it's a lot of things that we think and a lot of things that we believe that we don't ever speak about. And the reason why I'm speaking about this is because I truly believe that there are a lot of Christians out there that need to hear this message, that need to feel like someone actually understands where they're coming from um, and also need somebody to actually call this out, to actually call out these these self-sabotaging tendencies, even to kind of just go back to the testimony that I wanted to share. So with my licensing exam, right, it's it's a huge testimony and I told the Lord, and I told myself, I'm like, the ends of the earth are going to hear about this testimony. Amen and amen. So y'all know your girl has been in graduate school um, for two years. Um, it was such a tiring journey. Um, but to God be the glory, it went by quickly. Um, but simultaneously, what was also really stressful was that while I was in graduate school, I also did obviously have an internship. I was working outside of that. And I was sim- simultaneously studying for my licensing exam. And I just want to say, I was a part of so many Facebook groups, um, which were like supposed to be helpful and encouraging while people were studying for their licensing exam. And I can't tell you how many testimonies, I mean, sorry, not testimonies. I can't tell you how many um, posts that I saw of people who failed their licensing exam time after time, seven times. I even saw a woman, she failed her licensing exam 14 times. 20 times in a row people just saying that they're gonna give up that it's just too hard that they they don't know what's going on that they kept praying and that they kept doing this and doing that and studying and it just didn't work out for them and i remember seeing those things and i also do want to touch on this and i have touched on touched on this in previous episodes the importance of guarding your eye gates Sometimes your eye gates, because of what you're seeing, because of what you're exposed to, that can bring about crippling fear. And that crippling fear and that anxiety is not from God. Um, but that's a, a, um, a strategy of the enemy to try and discourage you. So even with my licensing exam, like I said, I was seeing so many posts about that. And that brought about crippling anxiety and fear 
I remember like, you know, praying to God, just begging him to favor me, um, just begging him to just have mercy on me um, and praying to him in, in spirit and in truth, but still leaving the place of prayer, wondering if he would choose to answer me, wondering if he even cared to answer me. I remember even when I was younger, um, you know, just kind of just unconsciously saying to myself that, you know, God has to watch over the world. God has bigger problems and my problems are just too small and too minute in the eyes of God. Um, just feeling so small, you know, wondering if God would feel like blessing me, wondering if he was mad at me, wondering if, you know, maybe he would hold it against me because I, I went off on someone the other day. <laughs> wondering if he would hold it against me because I told a white lie to get me out of doing something in school or maybe not even school, but maybe I didn't want to go out with my friend and I'm like, girl, I got to do this, you know, wondering if he would hold those things against me or just simply having such low faith, wondering if even he would hold such, such my small faith against me. Wondering if, because I haven't been praying two hours a day like how I used to, if he would hold that against me. Wondering if, because I missed a Friday service because I was doing homework or whatever, that he was mad at me. And because of that, he would not favor me. Because of that, he would not answer me. Believing that the favor that God had for me was dependent on my performance, dependent upon my service dependent on just how I showed up solely and nothing else. For so long, once again, I just really believed that God's love for me was dependent on how quote unquote good I was on a certain day. Um, and I feel like that really derives um, because I feel like in, in everything, you have to question what's the root of this. Um, I can really say back in high school, I had terrible friends. It wasn't even a family issue because I can say that my family has truly loved me unconditionally, like my family truly. But I can say an issue that I had um, was really back in high school. So like, or more so, sorry, not high school, more so middle school going into high school. So I had kind of toxic friendships um, and those toxic friendships, sometimes the relationships that we have on earth can affect how we see the relationships that we have with our heavenly father. And I can say like with some of the negative friendships that I've had in the past, I can distinctly um, remember one um, to just kind of give a quick example. I remember I made not really a mistake, but I guess in their eyes, it was a mistake that I made. And because of that, that friend just turning their back on me, um, just completely ignoring me, even with me apologizing so much for what I had quote unquote done wrong and genuinely apologizing, them just not hearing me, them just not listening to me, them just ignoring me, them just not wanting to quote unquote be my friend anymore. And that could even trickle into, and that's a firsthand ex example of how sometimes we see our relationship with God we think that because we made a mistake and we rightfully have done something wrong in the eyes of God, that he's going to ignore us, how that friend might have ignored us, that even after we've pleaded and we've begged and we've repented, that he's going to ignore us how that friend did. Or even for some people who might have had toxic relationships with their parents, um, some of you may rightfully believe that 
the mistakes that you've made with God, he, that God is going to treat you how your parents did. But that is not true. Um, and truly, one thing that I've realized, even despite having those negative and um, traumatic friendships, that realizing that I'm fully known, I'm fully seen and fully loved and also fully accepted by God, even on my worst day, and that his love does not waver for me, despite whatever I've done. And it's not to say that we should use and abuse God's grace. Nope, we're not talking about having an abusive relationship with God. Nope. Um, even Romans 2 verse 4, it says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended um, for you to turn from sin? This episode isn't meant for you to run and have a grace party and be like, okay, I'm going to go and sin like crazy because God is just going to come and forgive me anyways. Nope. Instead, it's supposed to reflect the heart of God to you. It's also supposed to help you understand that the love of God cannot be fully comprehended and his love for us is not dependent upon our performance. And if anything, a revelation like this should not make us to go and run and just go and do nonsense, but it should cause us to want to present um, our lives and truly surrender our lives to him, to surrender our lives to him even more and to walk in holiness, but not from a legalistic standpoint, um, but from a changed mind, you know. And Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9, it says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift from God and not by our works so that no one can boast. So with this verse, it helps us understand that we cannot dare think that we can be saved by our works because we are saved by grace. But due to the love that God has for us and the revelation that we have, we can hopefully choose to serve and worship him in spirit and in truth. And even when it comes to um, my licensing exam, I remember not reading my word a lot the week before, um, you know, just because I was just overwhelmed with trying to study make sure that I got all of my ducks in a row. You know, I was falling into acting in anger and frustration with friends and people that were close to me, walking in unforgiveness. You know how the enemy sometimes tries to drop on your heart things that happened years ago with old friends, you know, like, but ultimately I did repent and turn, but simultaneously and unconsciously, I still ran into thoughts and beliefs that God was still angry with me and that God did not accept me and that because God is still angry with me, I can't pray, I can't read my word. And that's a cycle. I want to highlight that. That's a cycle. And that's the enemy. That, the, that is literally the enemy's trick. That's literally the enemy's tactic. He tries to make us feel so unworthy so that we won't read our word, so that we won't go and pray. Because that unworthiness, that unworthiness leads to and it breeds guilt and it breeds so much condemnation, so much self-condemnation. And it stops us from growing in our walk with God. But Hebrews 4 verse 16, it says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Mercy for real. I can even say that with my licensing exam, I'm going back to um, Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9 that I mentioned earlier. 
um, how it was just talking about how we're saved through faith and how it's a gift from God. And we can't say that our works um, got us that, that specific gift. I can even say with me passing my licensing exam, I can only attribute that to the grace of God, 100%, 100%. I can even say that my faith was so low. My faith was so low. Yes, I did study. Yes, I did quote unquote work hard, but I can even say, and I shared this testimony with some of my friends, when I got on that licensing exam, and this is to kind of like give y'all some insight, the licensing exam, and just because of how, how, um, how vast social work is, um that licensing exam it has 170 questions and those 170 questions can literally be about any part of social work because there is clinical parts of social work which is micro social work and there is macro social work so macro can encompass so many things that can encompass veteran affairs that can encompass community development that can encompass program development that can that can encompass so many different things and because of how once again how vast social work is you can literally get any type of questions. You can get medical questions. You can get literally anything. You can get anything and you never know what you're going to get on that exam. But I was just praying like, Lord, favor me. And let me tell you, when I got, because I don't want to go on a long spiel about how vast social work is because y'all know I could talk. But okay, anyways, when I got on that licensing exam, yes, I studied hard and yes, I did this and whatever. There were so many questions on there that I was not ready for, that I was not prepared for it. And literally I prayed probably like 12 times throughout that exam. And I was like, Lord, I don't know what some of this stuff is, but Lord favor me anyways. Lord have mercy on me anyways. Lord show me grace, show me mercy anyways, that though I don't know these answers, Father, please let me pass. Please let me pass. And let me tell you, the reason why I want this testimony to hit the ends of the earth is because I want you all to understand that if I went to that licensing exam site by myself, I would have failed. But I decided to go with the Holy Spirit. I asked that the I asked God to dispatch his work angels to go with me and to um to basically clear to cut and clear the atmosphere for me before I even entered there. And then while I was taking it, I was like, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, feed me the answers. Holy Spirit, talk to me. And while I was taking that exam, I didn't do it by myself. And God showed me grace and God showed me mercy to have passed. Because if it was by my own works, if it was by the quote unquote knowledge and quote unquote wisdom that I had of social work, I would have failed. 100%. So I just want to preface that. I would have failed. But God showed me grace and he showed me mercy. And I also want to say, despite me not reading my word as much that week before, despite me being overwhelmed, despite me falling into self-condemnation, despite me falling into frustration and anger with some of my friends, despite me remembering things that happened to me in my past and how people wronged me and offended me and me wanting to walk in unforgiveness and all of that, God still had mercy on me. I believed in my mind that because of all the wrong that I did the week before, that God was going to be quote unquote petty and that God, because of that, God was going to choose to withdraw himself from me. Literally, literally. And I'm even going to go a step further and share another testimony ever so quickly. Um, so this testimony, it's just, <laughs> while I was preparing my notes, I wasn't planning to talk about this, at least on this episode specifically. I wasn't planning to talk about this, 
but I felt the Holy Spirit telling me to talk about it because I feel like so many people are falling into this and so many people are dealing with this secret sin and they're too ashamed to talk about it. Y'all are too ashamed to talk about it. So I'm going to, I'm going to lead the way and I'm going to talk about it because y'all probably need to hear about this um, so that you guys can be, not only feel like you can relate, but so that many of you can be delivered as well. So um, number one, um, when I was in elementary and when I was in middle school, I don't know if many, for some of y'all, this might've happened, but I don't know if that trick y'all have ever fell into that trick where maybe y'all are at the computer lab with some of your classmates. And then one of your classmates is like, yo, look at my, look at my computer. And then literally when you look at their computer, they're watching porn. I don't know if that's ever happened to any of y'all, but that literally happened to me multiple times in elementary school. I count that to be obviously the plan of the enemy. So that's definitely happened to me back in elementary school. Even in middle school, I had friends and they were heavily addicted, heavily, heavily, heavily addicted to porn, right? And um, years later, I ended up also falling into that myself. And to anyone who may be judging, listen, I've already been saved. I've already been forgiven by Jesus. So if you judge, it is your own. Jesus will come and judge you also. Listen, okay, but I'm gonna go back to my testimony, okay? Because there might be some, you know, uh, uppity people who may feel like they're far above certain sins, but I'm here to tell y'all that I have fell into certain things and I have um, fallen short many, many, many of times. And I'm not afraid to share it because I know that through me sharing, so many people can be delivered. So many people can can feel like, okay, they're not alone and have fallen in the fact that they have fallen in the past or may even fall in the future. So I just want to go back to the testimony ever so quick. So I definitely fell into that um, back in um, middle school, sorry, middle school and going into high school as well. Um, I fell into that though, though being a virgin and all that stuff till this day, um, still I fell into that in the past, right? And I do just want to say this, um, back when I was in middle school specifically, there was something, by the way, everything is going to connect. There was something that my school used to do, which was called honor roll and principles list. So in order to get principles list, you had to have like a 90 average and above. Um, and to have honor roll, you had to have an 85 to a 90, right? So I'm Nigerian. I always wanted principles list. My parents always wanted principles list. They're like, mm, honor roll is okay, but we are not okay people. We are above average. Okay. Honor roll is for average people. Okay, but principles list is for above average and we are above average. We are not just okay. So y'all know the pressure was pressuring. Okay. And I used to work so hard, try my best. And I would pray before every report card, like, Lord, please let me get principles list. Because you wouldn't know your final average until the day that they announced it, right? So I remember sometimes falling literally in middle school. And sometimes in high school, I remember falling all into the sin of watching um, porn literally before report card conferences. And instantly I would feel defeated after watching it and after coming to the realization of my sin. But I wouldn't only feel de defeated because I sinned, but I would also feel defeated because I believed that God was going to retract his blessing. I had believed, I'm literally trying to map it out for y'all. I had believed that. God was only going to bless me and was only going to favor me, was only going to honor me just off of the basis of me not sinning. But I believe that as soon as I sinned, he would be like, oops, okay, we got to take this back. We got to take this gift back to the store. Nope, she's not worthy. Nope, she can't get it. Nope, 
Mm-mm, she can't get this one. She fell, so that's it. I'm done with her. I believed that God was that strict. I believed that God's love was done with me. And I believed that he could not ever want to favor me because of that. But I do want to read this verse really quickly. Romans 5 verse 8, it says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And to kind of quickly go back to that testimony as well. Even though I had those beliefs, there were many of times where God still favored me and God still blessed me and God still gave me principles, despite my beliefs and despite me falling into sin. Now, once again, this is not a warrant to go and sin. This is not a warrant to go and say, oh, oh, you know, God is not, God is not strict and he doesn't care about sin. Nope. It's not a warrant. Nope. 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 I'm going to say it again and again. It's not for you to come and take this testimony and say, okay, oh my gosh. Yay. Okay. God doesn't care about sin. I can do whatever I want. Uh, yeah, no. It's to say that God does make allowances for when we fall unintentionally. It's to say he does make allowances for that. God does make allowances for our faults and for our mistakes. But it is wrong for us to know that something is wrong and to intentionally sin and to intentionally hurt God. That is wrong. Completely wrong. But it is to say that if we genuinely repent, he can and will forgive us. So it is to say that. Um, but I just do want to just give this um, word to the one who keeps falling into sin, the one who keeps falling into jealousy, the one who keeps falling into deceit, the one who keeps falling into scamming, the one who keeps falling into lying, the one who keeps falling into anger, the one who keeps falling into fornication, the one who keeps falling into adultery, the one who keeps falling into whatever sin it may be. Whatever sin it may be, greediness, covetousness, whatever sin it may be, whatever it may be, discontentment, whatever it is, there is grace for you. Jesus' love is still there for you. It is not a cliche. It is not a cliche saying, but it is a profound truth. His love is still waiting for you. It is. It is. It is. I fell so many times flat on my face. But even in the Bible, it says a righteous man falls seven times. A righteous man will fall. A righteous man has fallen and he will fall. You will still fall into sin, but it is our duty as Christians to continuously repent day after day. Even if you quote unquote feel, because there have been times in the past. <laughs> Where I have been like, okay, I'm going to not sin today, right? And I'll fall, you know? And it may not be, quote, unquote, those big sins, quote, unquote. We call them big sins. It may not be those. It may be me having a mean thought about somebody in my head, but that's still wrong. It may be me telling a white lie, but that's still wrong. It may be me looking down on someone and judging someone and condemning someone within my mind, but that's still wrong. But that, that might not be the quote-unquote big sins that we, we count. But it is to say, with, whether it's a quote-unquote big sin, a little sin, whatever, God still has forgiven me. And God has still, and he will still forgive you too. His love is still there waiting for you. Just repent. 
just repent, but also truly decide in your mind to actually turn away. Because there have been times in my life before where I've quote unquote said I repented, but I haven't because I haven't had a changed mind about what I've done um, that is wrong. So that's why now, even in my walk with God, and I'm going to continuously say this prayer, and I'm going to say it even now for you and for myself too, like, Lord, help us to hate our sin. Help us to desperately hate our sin. Help us to hate our sin so much. Help us to be disgusted by our sin. Help us to be disgusted with wanting to sin against you, Father. Help us to not run to schemes and to lying, Father, and to jealousy, to anger, whatever it may be, Father, but help us to run to righteousness. Help us to run to holiness, Father. Help us to not be so legalistic in our minds, oh God. Help us, Father. Help us, Father, and help us, oh Lord, to not fall into these type of self-sabotaging tendencies, Lord, these self-sabotaging behaviors, God, where we feel that because we have fallen, Lord, that we cannot approach your throne of grace and that because we've fallen, we cannot receive from you, Lord. Because we've fallen, we feel that we cannot receive a blessing for you, Father, but change our minds, Lord, but most importantly, change our hearts, oh God. Change our hearts. And even I want to bring up Mark 11, verse 24, where it says, Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. I can even talk about self-sabotaging thoughts that we have after leaving the place of prayer. Sometimes in the past, I have prayed so hard for something, but then I have literally left that prayer spot. I've gone up off of my knees and I've left that prayer spot, literally believing that, nah, God not going to do it for real. Like, he's not like, like do we really think he could do it? Like, you know, just, just second guessing, having a wavering mind. And even the Bible, it talks about not having a wavering mind because a wavering mind or a wavering person cannot fully receive from God. So I pray within this moment for you, brother, sister, whoever you are, that I I come against that wavering mind, that wavering spirit. I come against those self-sabotaging tendencies that have eaten you up for so long. I come against those things even now. And I declare and I decree that we are freed from those self-sabotaging tendencies, those self-sabotaging thoughts in our minds that have made us believe that because we have failed, that because we have sinned, that God doesn't love us anymore and that God's mercies have left us and that God has completely turned his eyes away from us. But today I encourage you that the love that God has for you is still there. Nothing that you can ever do can take away the love that God has for you. Nothing. And you are fully known, fully seen, and fully loved by the most high God. And I want you to remember that. And I pray even now that the words that I've said, I pray that they can penetrate into your heart and that you can fully believe that now. Even for myself, I plead even now that I can fully believe and fully be convinced of that thing. And the reason, once again, y'all, why why I share these testimonies, why I share, um, you know, thoughts and tendencies that I've had in the past is because I know that not only can I be delivered through speaking, but so can you and that you can be encouraged to know that you're not alone. So I just thank God um, for revelation. 
I thank God that we are freed. I thank God for this podcast episode. I pray that it has truly blessed you. And if it has, y'all know where I'm going. Tell a friend, tell a friend, period. Tell a friend, okay? Post it on your Instagram. Post it on your TikTok. Okay, do something, all right? But no, truly, seriously, if this podcast episode has blessed you and you have not left a review as of yet, I pray that the Holy Spirit will convict you, period, okay? Leave a review. Tell a friend to tell a friend about this podcast. Who knows? Maybe a part two could come out about this in the future. Who knows? But this is all I have for now. And once again, I just pray and hope that you've been blessed by it. Um, And I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. Um, God bless you and Selah. Wait, don't go just yet. I wanted to give you all a chance to give your life to Christ or rededicate. If you have not already. Some of us, we have grew up in the church or around the church, but have not verbally confessed Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So I wanted to give you all a chance right now. Or even some of us have been in Christ, but we have been falling a little bit or have been a little bit lukewarm. So say this with me out loud. Lord God, please forgive me for my sins. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I believe that you love me. I believe in my heart that you are who you say that you are. You are the son of God. And I confess with my mouth that I am a sinner. I accept you, Lord Jesus, as my savior. Please cleanse me from my sin and create a new and clean heart in me. I do believe that you are my savior and I now want to live for you as my Lord and my God. I know that I have eternal life in you because of the work that you did on Calvary's cross for me. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's it. You are on the Lord's side. Okay, God bless you. A party is happening right now in heaven over your soul. Continue to walk in the ways of the Lord. Pray earnestly. Seek him and also continue tuning into this podcast. If it has blessed you, tell a friend to tell a friend. And most importantly, leave a review. God bless you.